Hi there, and welcome to the Planned, Prepped, and Productive podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Spackman, registered dietitian and mom of three, and believer in peaceful, easy, but also homemade family meals. On this podcast, I'm helping you ditch perfection at mealtime and find more peaceful meals through prep and planning. We'll do this by focusing on four pillars for making mealtime manageable, doable, and if you give it a chance, maybe even fun. The four pillars are mindset and self-care, planning and organization, meal planning, and meal prep. This is episode number 63, five ways to make healthy diet changes stick. All right, everyone, welcome to the podcast today. I'm excited to dig into this topic with you. I just want to start out by painting a little picture for you. So Christmas is over. Maybe you indulged a little bit more than you wanted to over the holidays, and now you're feeling sluggish from too much sugar. Maybe you're frustrated because your energy levels are suffering or you aren't sleeping well, or you just don't have the energy you want to play with your kids. Or maybe your doctors told you again that you should make some lifestyle changes and this time you're feeling committed. Whatever the reason, right now you are feeling that pull to make some changes and of course you want to succeed, right? So what do you do next? Let's talk about what usually happens when you try to make healthy eating habits stick. If you're like most people, then you commit. You start doing some research. You look into what diets are the best. Maybe you decide this time you'll count your macros since that's the new hot thing. Or maybe you decide keto will be the way this time. Maybe you decide to swear off sugar for a year. It doesn't really matter what you choose, but the point is you make a plan and you commit to that plan. Now let's talk about what happens next you'll probably be able to work well off of your willpower for a while. For a week or two, you might be able to stick to your plan with no problems. Eventually, though, things will start to slip. You'll head to a party and you'll be bummed out that you had to miss out on all the fun foods. Or maybe you'll get super busy at work or with your kids that you just won't have time to track everything you're eating. So you mess up counting your macros. At first, maybe you'll recommit when you fall off the bandwagon per se, but then you'll start to notice that the slip-ups become more and more frequent and you'll begin to feel guilt and you'll struggle with your self-worth every time you say yes to that brownie. Eventually, you'll decide that whatever changes you're trying to make aren't worth hating yourself, so you'll adopt what I like to call the forget this attitude and you'll be right back where you started. But what if it didn't have to be that way? So imagine with me for a minute how your life would look different if you weren't constantly consumed by thoughts of changing your diet or changing your exercise habits or changing your body. Imagine that though you might not be exactly where you want to be, you can confidently say that you are on the right path and you're comfortable with the progress you're making. Imagine what it would feel like if you were comfortable enough with your path that even if you weren't seeing the changes you wanted or hoped for, you didn't feel like you had to say, forget this, but that you could instead make small tweaks and changes to get where you wanted to be. 
how much time would you gain back in your life if you weren't constantly consumed by diet or exercise or negative body image thoughts? All right. So now that we've set the scene, let's talk about how that can be your reality. That that second vision that we set, right? So it took me about 50 times of trying to make healthier choices and staying stuck on the on the wagon, off the wagon approach um, with both making better food choices and with making exercise a habit. The crazy thing is, is that the things that finally made the biggest impact and actually drove change that lasted like for ever thus far, actually happened completely on accident. So let me tell you about how that happened. So let's take eating vegetables as an example. Um, In my early 20s, I always wanted to eat more vegetables, but as a kid, I only had a few veggies in my safe veggie arsenal, if you will. Those were raw carrots, raw broccoli, and cooked corn, and that was pretty much it. I remember being 18 when I ate an entire salad for the first time and actually enjoyed it. Um, So I was definitely not a big veggie eater. Um, But when I was in my undergrad studying nutrition of all things, I began working at an elementary school in the cafeteria to get experience with the national school lunch program and to pad my resume a little bit to get me into my program. During that time, I got to eat a free lunch every day and the school had a huge salad bar. At the end of the day, everything on the salad bar had to be thrown away. It was honestly heartbreaking, but it also meant that I had a completely safe environment to try veggies over and over and over again. Often I wouldn't eat a lot of what I had put on my plate, but it was going to be thrown away anyway, so there was no harm done. And as time went on, I worked there for about three years, I began to enjoy basically all vegetables. So suddenly adding vegetables to my diet more regularly at home was easy because they were now a food that I enjoyed and I wasn't afraid anymore. When it came to working out, I had a similar experience where I was doing some small things here and there on my own, but then I got the opportunity to work at my local gym for a few hours a week in exchange for a free membership. And something similar to what had happened when I worked at the elementary school happened again. Suddenly, I had a free and safe place to try all kinds of exercise. Um, In this case, I was also trading in some of my time. So, of course, I wanted to get the most out of it. So it became easy to go to the gym. And eventually, I fell in love with that endorphin rush and exercising became easy. All right. So what does this mean for you? What if you don't have free access to veggies or a free gym membership? So this was just my experience. And one example, Um, the point here is not that you need to have free unrestricted vegetables all the time or a free gym membership. The point here is that these experiences that I had unlocked a secret for change accidentally in both of these cases Um, And that secret is that change is a slow process that stems from changing our habits slowly over time, not by powering through with sheer willpower. All right, so right now maybe you're thinking, but I'm trying to change my habits, not just hop on a diet, and I still end up failing. 
Um, And to that, I say, maybe you're trying just a little bit too hard. So one of my favorite ways to think about changing habits is that habit change should feel like stretching, like gentle stretching. So it might be just the tiniest bit uncomfortable, but it will never hurt. And I want to say that that uncomfortable is almost like that, that good uncomfortable, you know, a good stretch maybe feels a little bit tight, but it also feels good. That's kind of what good habit change should feel like as well. And after consistent stretching over time, you're going to become so much more flexible, right? But if you stretch too much in the beginning, you might end up injured, which is the exact thing that we don't want, right? That's what's going to keep you stuck and unable to move forward towards your goals. So working too aggressively towards your goals can really hurt you in the long run. So if you find yourself in a situation where you're trying to change a habit and you start feeling pain, instead of taking that moment to give up, think about how you can alter what you're doing a little bit so that it's a more gentle stretch instead of pain, right? So just dial back the changes you're trying to make a little bit rather than giving up entirely. So with that idea in mind, I want to share the actual, actionable, doable solutions for making dietary changes that stick. So basically, in the rest of this episode, I'm going to teach you how to stretch without the strain. I'm also going to share the things not to do, the things that are going to send you back on that never-ending diet hamster wheel that we talked about earlier, or the things that you're doing that are basically plunging your self-worth straight down the toilet, because we definitely don't want that. So with that, let's jump into the habits. Let's look at the five things that you can do to make your healthy eating habits stick. And as I go through this, I'm actually going to walk you through some of my own thoughts and feelings as I'm actually currently working on some dietary changes myself, some little stretches um, due to some hormonal problems I've been experiencing recently. So know that though I've made a lot of progress, I'm also right there with you and I do have to make tweaks here and there myself, but I no longer get that stressful feeling when it's time to make a change, if that makes sense. So I hope that this situation can help you feel more at ease in whatever your situation is. With that, let's jump into the five things to do to make healthy eating habits stick. So here's the things that I'm doing. Number one, I'm thinking about my why, and you should think about your why. So Without a solid why, and a why, of course, is your reason for making a behavior change, you're never going to be able to stick to that change. Um, And your why should be connected to your core values. Your why should not be because the world says you should look a certain way or that this is what's expected of you. That's not a why that's going to be motivated enough. It needs to be connected to the things that you value the very most. Um, in my case, I've been feeling tired, sluggish, moody, and overwhelmed. I've gone to therapy. I'm working with a doctor. Those things are helping in their own way, but I really want to be all in to feel like my very best self. So that's my why for making these changes. So I also want to do a quick plug here for my episode with Rebecca Mudrick, about feeding your family because we talk about finding your why in that episode. Um, We also put out an ebook at that time called Feeding Your Family that's got 
loads of great information that will help you start feeding your family without the stress and overwhelm. So if you're interested in that, I will drop a link to that book as well. And you can use the code podcast 10 to get $10 off. So I will drop that information in the show notes if you're interested. All right, moving on, let's segue into number two, which is to consider what you can add to your diet, not what you're going to take away from your diet. So I don't know about you, but I am super rebellious. It's like in my nature. So when I was in school, we were required to try out different diets for a week so that we could know and understand what we were asking our patients or clients to do. And if I'm being honest, these diets were completely brutal. I found myself craving things simply because I could not have them. And each of these diets, we only tried out for about a week at a time, and it was still excruciating. Every single one of us cheated, and we were all, you know, like the dietitians or soon-to-be dietitians, and we couldn't even do it. We were all cheating. That just goes to show kind of what that diet mentality really does to us. So to kick that rebellious streak... It's really helpful to consider what you can add to your diet to improve it instead of what you can take away. Another thing this does with your mindset that's really powerful and important is it creates a feeling of abundance instead of a feeling of scarcity. And scarcity tends to cause us to, you know, hoard all the things because we feel like they're scarce. So anytime resources feel scarce, we are going to put them all in our arsenal. We're going to eat more than we need to because things feel scarce. Where if you are considering how you can grow and expand your diet, you actually will develop a feeling of abundance, which is so much healthier and just a great way to feel. And your diet should be abundant, right? So in my case, um, Though I am looking to eat a little bit less red meat and dairy, I also want to eat more vegetables and more seafood. So instead of focusing on the less meat and less dairy, I'm focusing on the more veggies and more fish, which then feels wonderful because I love veggies and fish. Um, So like I said, I'm just ignoring the red meat and dairy um, and seeing, looking for practical ways that I can eat more vegetables and fish. Um, some of my ideas for making this actually work and fit into my life is by making some veggie power bowls for lunches. Um, I've also meal prepped some tuna salad to eat for the entire week for lunches. So those are some ways that I'm taking the things that I want to add and I'm making them practical. I'm removing the obstacles by finding a way that they can be the easiest thing for me to pick in my fridge. All right. Number three is to take notes from other countries. So the American diet is high in a lot of things that are not the best for our diet, right? It's high in sugar, high in fat. Um, Of course, you're probably thinking high in everything delicious. I do think Americans have diets high in everything delicious. Um, But because of this, it can be really, really easy to feel deprived and to, again, feel that scarcity if you continue to make traditional American meals, a staple of your diet. Um, Suddenly you'll start feeling like the food police are coming out on you as you consider, you know, maybe adding less cheese to your hamburger or swapping out your ground beef for ground turkey. You know, all of these things like might bring out that rebellious streak or make you just really feel like you're missing out because dang it, you want a hamburger the way a hamburger is supposed to be had, right? (laughs) 
Um, but when you take notes instead from other countries, this idea is really similar. You're again, coming to this change from a place of abundance. You can still have that hamburger, of course, but you're going to be adding some completely different meals to your diet with some new flavors that are maybe less familiar. Um, but that's a good thing because you won't have these expectations of how these foods are supposed to taste, right? You won't feel like you're missing out because it's completely new. Other countries are much better at getting their flavor from spices and herbs and veggies than we are here in America. Um, some spots to look for recipes include Greece and Spain, um, because the Mediterranean diet is, of course, one of the healthiest diets in the world. Um, Japan uses a lot of fish, and India uses lots of flavorful spices and curries filled with beans and, again, all the spices. So... Don't overdo this because it can get a little bit overwhelming to add too much new to your diet when you're already making changes, but consider trying maybe one new recipe a week from a different culture and maybe even spend some time learning about that country as a family and you can make the process more fun and see if you can start adding to your diet and making it more full and abundant with the kinds of foods that you want to eat. All right, number four is to meal plan and meal prep based on the foods that I already know that I like. And this will be key for you too. So, so obviously meal planning and meal prep are making this list. Um, but here's how I'm shifting my meal plan and meal prep um, from what I've already done. So I'm introducing a few meal prepped snacks a week. Um, in the past, I didn't really snack between meals, but I have been noticing a pretty big energy slump in my day, particularly in the afternoon where I was finding myself scrounging up, you know, the kids fruit snacks or whatever else I could get my hands on quickly. So I'm trying to add some high protein snacks to my meal prep list so that I have some options ready and available. I'm also making sure that my meal plan doesn't change drastically too quickly. I know from experience that I will only stick to eating foods that I like but I can make some simple swaps like adding more veggies at dinner or, again, making sure I choose fish as my protein once a week. If you are not meal planning and prepping yet, if this is not a habit that you have, don't try to change your diet just yet. Just start planning and prepping based on the things you already know you like, right? So instead of trying to make any change at all, just start adding meal planning and meal prep to your list of habits and cook whatever you're already used to eating at home. And once you kind of are in the habit of meal planning and meal prep, then you can start introducing some small and simple changes, right? All right. The last thing that I'm doing is continuing with keystone habits. So I have an episode that I will drop in the show notes about keystone habits because I know that's not a familiar term to most of you. Um, I'll define it quickly here, but make sure you head back to that episode to learn more about them because these are something that I use constantly whenever I'm trying to make a change in my life. But the idea of a keystone habit is any habit that basically causes a waterfall effect and allows you to find success in other areas of your life. Person that came up with this idea, his name is Charles Duhigg, and he wrote the book, The Power of Habit. An example that he uses is making your bed. 
Um, there's a lot of studies that show that people that make their bed are more productive. They have a better financial status, all sorts of things. Um, and making their bed is just kind of the catalyst for those other habits. So, so for me, sleep, exercise, and journaling are all really, really big for my mental health. So it's especially important when I'm trying to make another behavior change that I don't let these keystone habits that I've already created slip um, because things are changing so much because the keystone habits are what will propel me to success in my other attempts at change, right? So I like to use keystone habits as sort of an anchor. So it might even be helpful to you to use some kind of a habit tracker and track those habits that you have already created. This isn't the time when we're creating another habit to try to help us with our diet habit, right? This is a habit that you're you're pretty good at already, but sometimes when we do try to make changes, we find that those habits that we'd already had settled in maybe start to shift a little bit as things just get a little bit unstable with all the change. So the point here is, is to really focus on your keystone habits and allow that energy to propel you to success in the changes that you're trying to make. All right, let's jump into the things that I will not be doing as I try to make some lifestyle changes and that I hope you will let go of as well, because these things are equally important to making your healthy eating habits stick. All right. So the first thing I'm not doing, I'm not throwing away all of my Christmas candy or Easter candy or birthday candy. Whenever you're listening to this, there's sure to be some kind of stash you've got, right? (laughs) Right now, I've definitely been making multiple trips a day to the pantry for yet another Christmas Reese's cup or some Mambas. I love Mambas. I feel like they're like the grown-up version of a Starburst, and I'm definitely here for it. Um, And I'm definitely hoping that as I make some changes and start improving some of my other habits that my trips to the pantry are minimized, right? But I know that demonizing the candy and that feeling guilt over it is only going to make the problem worse. Again, we're going to create that feeling of scarcity and I'm going to want it even more than I already do. So instead, I'm leaving it in the pantry. It's not scarce. It's something that I'm more than welcome to have whenever I want it. But as I start to fill my diet with other things and make sure that I'm really fueling and taking care of myself, I trust that that desire will not be as strong, and especially when I'm not demonizing the food, right? All right, the second thing I'm not doing is cutting out entire food groups. So this goes along with what we talked about earlier, um, but just because you might want to eat less sugar or less red meat or less dairy or less of whatever it is that you struggle with, that doesn't mean that you should cut it out entirely. Red meat and dairy, for me, are some of my favorite food groups. So because they're my favorites, they're not getting cut out, but I can make other foods more of a staple in my diet And then I can save that creamy potato soup for when I really need that dairy-filled bowl of comfort, right? The third thing I am not doing is expecting immediate results. When you have a health-based why like mine, it can be really easy to quit when you aren't seeing results, right? So if I expected that suddenly my entire cycle was going to regulate and that I would be without those feelings of moodiness or tiredness like next week, I would probably be really frustrated and again, 
would say, forget this and go back to exactly how I was. Um, if I start to see positive changes, that'd be the coolest, but I'm heading in expecting that this change can improve where I am over time, not necessarily tomorrow. I also am trying to have some realistic expectations. I'm not expecting that this one habit change alone will be enough to solve all of my problems. But again, I do hope and believe that a combination of therapy, of diet change, of medical interventions um, will all work together to make me feel better. And I'm willing to add one step to the piece of the puzzle, right? All right. The fourth thing I will not be doing is ignoring my hunger and fullness cues to cut calories. This is huge for moms. And to be honest, this is huge for me because this is something that I've done subconsciously like my entire life. So I think as moms, most of us aren't ignoring our bodies necessarily with the intention to cut calories, but maybe um, because we have too many other freaking things going on and a bunch of adorable, needy little distractions. There are way too many times that for me, I don't even notice that I'm hungry until 11.30 a.m. and I realize that I haven't eaten anything that day. Um, And far too often, again, this is a truth moment from me, but I find myself justifying not eating because I'm like, well, it'll be easier not to overeat today because, you know, I haven't eaten until 11.30. First of all, there's nothing farther from the truth. And second, mom, stop punishing yourself by depriving yourself of food, which is a normal human need, right? So if you do skip meals, you're going to be so much crankier. Have you guys seen the movie Soul? In the movie Soul, one of the main characters eats a piece of pizza and then says, I'm not so angry anymore. And that is so true for all of us, right? So... If you eat regularly, it will be so much easier for you to feel happy and able to continue with whatever goals you have. So while I am attempting to make some improvements in my life, I understand that our bodies were designed to get hungry and to need food. There is nothing wrong with this. So honor your God-given body, my friend, and let yourself eat when you feel hungry. All right, so the last thing I am not doing is shaming myself when things do not go exactly as planned. So the most important thing I want you guys to think about and what I'm trying to do with this change is to understand and know that failure will be part of the process. I know that there will be days when I have a nice veggie filled meal prepped in the fridge and I'll opt for takeout instead because it sounds better. It's okay. The only way to reach a goal is to keep going despite these supposed failures. Instead, use each of these obstacles to propel you forward. Figure out what happened. Figure out if there's something you can do or if it just was a thing that you needed, that you need to take out that day. That's okay. All right, everyone. There you have it. The five things you can do to make healthy eating habits stick and the five things that you should not do. I hope that if you have been considering dieting or getting healthier, that these ideas have given you an idea of how you can make changes in a way that honors and loves you and takes just tiny stretching steps toward a larger goal. All right, so next week's episode is an exciting one. Do you ever feel like you've got to be missing something when it comes to family mealtime? Like you feel like it should be easier than it is or 
you want to go to bed tired, but not completely beat down and exhausted by the day and the two hour dinner cooking and the one hour of dishes after. Well, you're not wrong. Motherhood and mealtime and everything that goes with it is keeping many, many moms exhausted and overwhelmed, but there is a better way. So you can continue wondering what it is you're missing, or you can tune into next week's episode where I'm sharing the four secrets to peaceful mealtimes. This episode will be foundational to all of the other content on the podcast. I will also be sharing an exciting and free bonus with the episode, so you definitely won't want to miss it. Tune in next week at 9 a.m. on Friday. Um, I also want to just take a minute to thank you so much for reading. If you're reading, listening, consuming, however you're getting my content, um, I hope that you being here is helpful Every time you guys download or read, that's proof to me that this content is needed and that it's helping. So thank you. Also, in order to grow, I absolutely need your help. So if you're listening and you have anyone's name or face pop into your mind and you think they need this, please consider sharing. Also, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss an episode Follow me on social media or give the podcast a review. All of these things can help me grow so that I can reach other moms like you who deserve so much more than feeling stressed and overwhelmed about family mealtime. Thank you so much for your support. Until next week, my friends, happy planning. Happy planning.